Hill with the John Curley Sherry Ellicker Show. And... and now she's not wearing her glasses anymore. Oh, took them off, did you, huh? Teeny tiny. And there's Andrew and Joe is back. The whole gang is here for you. And you are here for us as well as you write to us at MyNorthwest.com. You text as well. The Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line at one 973 Lots of news to get to. Drive it in What's that buzz? What's that buzz? Well, Tucker Carlson has gone to Russia. Sat down with Putin. Talked to Putin. Uh, last time Putin talked to anybody was some guy from NBC back in, what was it, 2017, 2017, 2017, I think he was back there. Um, so Tucker Carlson's going to sit down with Putin. The reason he wants to talk to Putin is, well, did he talk about it in this little clip we yeah, have of him? Yeah, he gives an explanation. Why? Yes. Okay, here he goes. Yeah. So, well, you're going to have to play it for me. Can you play it for me? Anybody? Huh? Stand wait, wait, by. I can get it. Nope, nope. Standing by. I'm not going to stand by. Okay. Not standing by. I got it right here. He breaks down as to why they're doing this in the interview. Uh, We're support. in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. Here's why we're doing it. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances. And the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they True. do that mostly by omission. True. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions, specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda, propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group, nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can, and then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. The problem I would have is what 
do you really think Putin's going to tell you the truth? Right? Um, no. No. And, and so it's going to be a series of lies um, and changing the subjects. And I mean, I've seen Putin interviewed before. And, you know, the guy is a steely KGB guy. You're not going to get the truth out of him. Yeah, they did turn Lewins- uh, Zawinski into a star, right? He's speaking to the Senate and the House, and he's there in his, you know, green T-shirt. Um, everybody just loves the guy. So he's going to go over there and find out from Putin. And what's Putin going to say? Well, the Nazis are there, or we have a right to it, or the people of Ukraine wanted us to come in, and this is our attempt, and, you know, they're trying to stop us, and we deserve this land. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, you're going to hear Putin's part of it. Okay, well, at least you hear Putin's part of it. Whether It'll be interesting to see how many people tune in to watch, because I think most people have moved on, right? Um it was everybody had their Ukraine flag up on their uh, um, on their Instagram page, and they sort of moved on from other things. Now they're looking at Israel, but now they're kind of bored with that one too. So he's going to go there, and you're going to hear from Putin. But you're going to well, get the truth. Who knows? Christine on on poor said that it's absolutely absurd to assume that people haven't been trying to get Putin to talk to them for years now, and he's refused uh-huh. every interview. So what is it that Putin is hoping to accomplish by talking to Tucker Carlson? Is it because he's not affiliated with any major news outlet anymore? Did his did his handlers just really give a great pitch? Like, we're going to let you, you know, do whatever. I mean, it, it just seems odd that after all this time, he would be willing to sit down with any any journalist because he's not going to show his hand. He's not going to get there's not going to be anything revelatory about this interview. It's going to be Tucker right. Carlson and probably Tucker Carlson will be roundly criticized for either uh, acting too nice to Putin or, you know, they'll they'll be all of that conversation that why did he go there he was wasn't hard enough on him but i mean tucker carlson's a great interviewer so maybe but he'll this put has him on to the be spot. vetted right there's no way he can ask a question that hasn't been submitted and authorized right who knows he didn't say that he, they've been vetted he might say that beforehand but he didn't say it there i i can't imagine tucker carlson would want to give him all the questions ahead of time you can give him a whole bunch of questions ahead of time and then not ask those questions and then you can have putin get irritated and walk out which would be great for for tucker carlson Mm -hmm. but you know you're not held to those questions so but you get a chance to hear the other side i wanted to see if anybody in the middle of a war or previous to a war or a lot of unrest has ever interviewed so i looked up this woman she's in um from the uk her name was dorothy thompson so she went and interviewed Hitler in 1931. He showed up an hour and 10 minutes late, sat there. She asked some questions, and then he just started pounding his fist in the desk. She said it was like I was talking to somebody who was talking to 10,000 people. He was just screaming, veins coming out of his neck. I couldn't really get anything out of him. She got some credit for being able to sit down with Hitler, but really didn't really get much out of talking to Hitler. Um, remember Saddam Hussein sat down with the American journalists as well mm-hmm. um, in the middle of war there. So what you get is, you know, you get some ratings and some eyeballs for Tucker Carlson. But I don't think we're going to find out that all of a sudden there's going to be some great amount of information coming from Putin. It's going to flip how people feel about the Ukraine or feel about Russia. The media always puts this the bad good guy, the bad guy, the good guy, Zelensky, the bad guy, Putin. You know, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. There's a, and that's a 
list, hard list to get on because there's a lot of them on there. And Ukraine is corrupt. Russia's corrupt. And what they're fighting for and, you know, what is the end of this sort of thing. So good for Tucker Carlson for getting the interview. I do think it will be interesting to see if there is anything that's of, of you know, pretty great interest. If any of the other news, like Fox, they will never cover anything Tucker Carlson does. But CNN or someone other than the Daily Mail will actually cover the fact that, uh, you know, or, or have excerpts from the interview in their news stories. Hmm. Very good, Sherry. We shall see. What do you think? Predictions? <laughs> yes or no? I, I, I think. 60%, the, 40%, 30%, 10% chance? I'd say 70. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and you at two? <laughs> at two? Brute. Um, but let's see. Fox, no. MSNBC, no. Maybe, maybe CBS might. They've come around a little bit. They might. They might have some pieces of it. So, But I think the others, unless there's some big news that comes out of it. If not, if they've got some other big news they want to talk about, like, oh, why the Republicans are blocking the border the border um, bill coming out of the Senate. They'll have that in there. Uh, but uh, so I'll go 40% chance, just to make okay. it interesting. How about this is, I, I think this is fascinating. Jennifer Crumley, the mother of the Michigan school shooter, found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, the jury took two days on this thing. This is a big deal. I mean, this is precedent-setting, right? Here's the jury ABC. has reached a verdict in the unprecedented trial of a... Oh, I just said that. I said it was a ...mother charged in connection with her son's deadly high school shooting in Oxford, Michigan. This is the first-of-its-kind case in the country. Jennifer Crumbly uh, facing four counts of involuntary manslaughter after her son Ethan Crumbly opened fire at his high school in 2021 killing four classmates using the gun his parents had bought for him. They have just asked the courtroom to rise. The judge, Cheryl Matthews, back in the court, the jury entering that courtroom, about to deliver their verdict. On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. She's been found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. You can see Jennifer Crumbly uh, cuffed, uh, being led from that courtroom after being found guilty in connection with the school shooting in Michigan. Crumbly had taken the stand in her own defense, visibly nervous at times, breaking out in hives on the stand, telling the jury that her son showed no signs of mental illness. She and her husband were accused of ignoring the warning sign. She told jurors, quote, I wish he would have killed us instead. Prosecutors during this trial had pointed to Ethan Crumbly's journal where he wrote that, quote, my parents don't listen to me and I have zero help for my mental problems and it's causing me to shoot up the school. Don't you think that a child endangerment or child, excuse me, neglect charge, I don't know if I'd say more appropriate, but the, the crux of this was that they were sort of absentee parents, that they bought mm-hmm. him this gun. They didn't lock up the gun. She said it was her husband's responsibility, who, by the way, will go on trial for the same thing in March. Mm-hmm. But it was also that she had this affair with this guy and multiple affairs, I guess, in her car at the Costco parking lot. And they mm. were part of this adult friend finder. And she would go off and do whatever. And then she also spent so much time with her horses. So she wasn't paying attention to his needs and to his cries for help, of which there were were many. And she even texted her boyfriend 
the day of the shooting and said this could have been preventable if he hadn't just got, if he hadn't gone back to the classroom, which, by the way, the parents encouraged him to do because they said mm. they had to get back to work. So that's child neglect. That's that's uh, I don't know. I mean, this is going to this is hopefully going to send a message to parents, maybe to pay more attention to their kids, mental health, lock up their weapons if they think there's an issue, that type of thing. Quote, your due diligence with your child, you cannot take your own interest over your child, especially when it comes to mental health. Gun safety groups echoed the verdict, warning the parents can be held responsible. Plain and simple, the deadly shooting at the high school should have and could have had and could have been prevented if the Crumleys had not acquired a gun for the 15-year-old. Um, the decision is an important step forward, ensuring accountability and hopefully preventing future tragedies. So you think, okay, so what are the repercussions of something like this? Do other parents that have a child that is showing some signs of mental instability and wanting to act out, did they then, because of what they've seen here, did they all of a sudden step up and start parenting? Possibly. Um, do the school, the schools have a responsibility to the parents, the parents have responsibility to the schools, everyone has a responsibility to the safety of society. Why they bought them a gun, I don't know. Um, they did say why well, they had a gun and then they should have locked it up knowing that your kid is having, and obviously the kid was telling the parents this, they were aware of it, but I guess they just, she probably wanted to have an affair to get herself out of the situation, to think of something else, to be somewhere else, to be some other person and ignore her son while things were deteriorating his mind. So does this cause other parents now? And now the court has precedent. So it's like, well, you know what, Crumley versus V versus, you know, what, Michigan or whatever, the charged her on this sort of thing. Other judges will be able to say, well, there we go. They found guilty in Michigan, so we're going to be able to find you guilty as well. I don't have any problem with this. If all of a sudden parents are being held responsible for the fact that they're bad parents, you do get into this idea of, like, what is a good parent, what is a bad parent, and how much responsibility does the parent have? At what point does the parent still have control over the child once the child leaves the house? There should be upstream support for parenting. I'm a big fan of Parent Trust for Washington Children. Look them up. Small little organization goes in there. If they know that the kid's born to parents that have some problems, they then are being told by the hospital. They then offer services. They come in. They teach the father how to father. They teach the mother how to father. They how the mother how to mother. They try to break the chain of abuse that exists so often. If you were abused as a child, you will abuse the child when you have a child. And Parent Trust for Washington Children steps in, intercedes, stops, breaks that chain, and stops the next generation from abusing their offspring. So small organizations that help like that, in this case, for this woman, um, now other judges will say, you have a responsibility for the behavior of your child. I, I'm, I'm I, I do all think for that. that. Someone has to be held accountable. Yeah, yes. it's, it's whether or not it will motivate other parents. If they're paying attention already, then they right, will have exactly. taken this, these steps. So it exactly. won't really mean anything, but it will bring perhaps some very small form of justice uh, to the families that right, for the somebody's kids, held yeah. Yep. Yeah, is, is culpable for this beyond the shooter because often the shooter is killed. Right. So then you could start to go down the line the last year. So the girl that went into that Christian school and slaughtered those people that was having all sorts of mental problems or the parents responsible for that behavior. I've read all that stuff in the Columbine parents. Like, well, we had no idea. We didn't know they were building bombs in the basement. We didn't know they were. 
and those parents got a pass on this. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You don't know what they're doing in the basement. You don't know that they're building bombs down there. I got an idea. Why not go down to the basement? Mm-hmm. Why not talk to your kids? Get in there. You have a responsibility to everybody else. Yeah. So, well, you're right. Good for the for the four families um, and for everybody else. Maybe these parents serving time will send some message. We'll see. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, my friend Kay Lloyd, who flew all the way down to Las Vegas from Hawaii to go see Toby Keith's last concert. What was that like? Uh, cheers and tears as Toby Keith gave his last concert. He said he wasn't. He was going to fight this thing, and he'd be back for another one. Toby Keith passes away from stomach cancer. We'll find out what it was like at the last concert from K. Lloyd. And, Sherry, I'll remind you, as I do every day, I don't know how many times I have to tell you, take that car of yours, Sherry, to Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers. Right. Thank you, Teeny. They have 16 locations, right, Teeny? The answer is yes. That's right. Been around 53 years, Sherry. Bucky's, Bucky's Auto Service Centers. Excellent. Oh, that's enough, Teeny. Uh, Toby Keith, back June 2022, announced that he had stomach cancer. Uh, he's going to do everything he can to possibly fight it. And then the big announcement came over that he was going to have his final concert. It's going to be three shows in Las Vegas. And I got word that my friend Kay Lloyd was going to go. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'm going to sneak down there, fly down there, and surprise her for her birthday and sit next to her. Won't that be a great surprise? Uh, because I knew she wanted to go to the concert. And I thought, oh, if I make it even more special if I could sit with Kay Lloyd. That was the intent. <laughs> till, till, okay, till I looked at the tickets, I was like, you know, she... <laughs> I love that lady, Not but I don't have five, I don't have seven thousand. It was worth it. It was worth <laughs> no, it. You're saying not worth it? No, no, don't. <laughs> okay, you were there. You're a huge fan of country music. Why was it important to be there at that last concert in Vegas? Okay, so and you know I cry easily, so this is this is very emotional for me. When I said not worth it, I meant. You figured sitting next to me wasn't worth it. I would have paid any amount of money to see that show. Um, Toby is just one of the greatest American heroes. Uh, I hope that now his whole story of everything he's done in his life comes out because he he did everything kind of under the radar, everything he did for the troops, everything he did to take care of our veterans, everything he did to fly the American flag. Um, um, I mean, what what a patriot. What an absolute patriot. So I had a big birthday, and my wonderful husband, Bob, always does a big surprise for me for my birthday. So I, when we were talking about the birthday, I said, I don't care what you do, but I'd like for Toby Keith to play for it. And, of course, Bob said, well, if I get an extra $2 million, we'll have him come in and sing. <laughs> then this concert came up. And Toby won the award, won a special award, and he said, I'm not going to let cancer uh, change my life. I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to do these three concerts in Vegas. And it turned out that one of them was the day before my birthday. Mm -hmm. And Toby fighting stomach cancer, he had lost a tremendous amount of weight. And he went on national television, he sang a song, he said, I'm going to do this, and then he got up on stage in the condition he was in and gave 
the most magnificent concert. He played for two hours in 27 minutes. Mm. And in that time, he sat down for two songs. He Mm. stood up, he walked the stage, he sang. And, you know, celebrities have an image and they're stars and they look great. For him to get up there and do that for his fans and do that for America and end with the song that that he wrote after 9-11. I mean, what what my friend, my friend, our friend Brian and Julie Inkster, Julie's a good friend of both Toby and his wife, Trish, and she put that together as a gift for me. And we were Toby's Mm -hmm. guest at the concert. And uh, it, it was just it was just amazing. I mean, it was. Julie Julie used the word epic to describe it, and I used the word heroic. Um, it was here is here's a little bit of red, white, and blue. This is actually taken, I think, from somebody's cell phone when he was singing. <laughs> Okay, while you were watching, that you were basically watching a man that would had only a couple of days left to live. No, no, I truly, I truly thought he would beat it. Incidentally, that that was from my cell phone. Oh, <laughs> that okay. What I sent you, that was from my cell phone. And and as as John knows, we are very involved with the V Foundation for Cancer Research, which plays a really important part in our life. So so fighting cancer and winning the battle. Is, is an important part of our life. And I'll tell you, Toby's determination, I mean, he, he said several times, the Almighty is sitting next to me on my right-hand side, and he's riding with me, and I'm going to fight this. And I, 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 when I got up this morning and saw that news, uh, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it because I really, I really thought he'd beat it. Ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I read a little bit about this, and he said that he was at peace with whatever was going to happen. Yes. Did he yes. mention that during the concert at all? Did he t- just happen to? Did he talk about how he was no. suffering or the disease that he had? No, it was it was really kind of funny. The only thing he did say, say and he he had say, he said this in that television show too. He said, "Boy." You never thought you'd see me in skinny jeans, did you? Because he, I mean, he was absolute skin and bones. But the only reference he made, he said, well, all my friends come up to me now and they want to have a picture with me. And he laughed and he said, you know, they all think I'm going to die and this will be the last picture. So I make a picture with everybody. And that was the only reference, only reference that he made other than other than to say, that the that the Almighty was riding with him, and here's, um, yeah, here's more of his last uh, couple of words about it. Cancer's a roller coaster, so you're. It's like you just sit here and wait on it to go away. It may not ever go away, uh, and if it goes in remission, it's still gonna be in the back of your mind. You still have to do scans and stuff. How do you maneuver through those dark hallways? Faith. Yeah, you have to have your faith. It's uh, thank God that I got it too. You take it for granted on days that things are good, and you lean on it when days are bad. And it's taught me to lean on a little more every day. Have you experienced a peace that passes all understanding? Oh, yeah. 
You know, I finally got to a point in the spring, I was diagnosed in October of 21, and I was going through all the chemo and the first time I'd been through chemo and radiation surgery. And I just got to a point where I was comfortable with whatever happened. I had my brain wrapped around it and I was in a good spot either way. So uh, people without faith don't have that. Mm. That's a pretty beautiful lesson, guys. That's a pretty beautiful lesson. It's it's uh, it, it's amazing, Kay, that this is so emotional for you and so moving for you. When you were able to, were you able to interact with him after the show, or was he no. tired and needed to go? Okay. Yeah. No. 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 He had. He had. As I say, Julie. Uh, Julie uh, is uh, one of the most famous women golfers, uh, professional women's golfers, and. Um, Julie played in a, a tournament in Oklahoma, and it's a it's a, um, a pro celebrity kind of thing. And she plays with a gal, and she enjoys her. Her name was Trisha Covell, and Julie said very seldom did she ever accept an invitation to go to somebody's house. And Trish said, "Why don't you come to our house for dinner tonight?" So Julie said, "Fine." So she drives it's in Oklahoma, and she drives out to the house, and she pulls up to this ranch, and it's got great big gates, and there's a T on one gate, and there's a K on the other gate. Gates open. Oh. She goes up to the door. Trisha comes and gives her a big hug and says, this is my husband, Toby. And Julie, she looks at me and goes, Toby Keith? <laughs> because she had no idea that, that that's who her husband was. Well, over yeah. the years, Julie and, and they all became really good friends. And Julie was the captain of the American Solheim Cup three different mm-hmm. times. And each yeah. of those three years, Toby flew to where the where the tournament was, uh, two times in Europe, one time in the United States, the night before the girls, the Americans, tee off and sings that American song for the girls. Mm. That's, an, that's, that's another American. I mean, he's, the things that he has done for America are just amazing. Okay. When we see your glory flying, yeah, thanks. Thank you, thank you. Love you guys, love you. Thanks, Kay. Bye bye. My daddy served in the army, we lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard till the day that he died. He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to go. All right. My uh, story here. The impeachment against Mayorkas didn't go through. I think four or five Republicans voted no. It was dumb. Listen, the guy is a complete nincompoop, but uh, getting rid of him wouldn't do anything. They might do one more vote again. This No, it's over. So Mayorkas slips by on that one. Uh, heading into the uh, 5 o'clock hour. 
Let's see. The when is it safe to drive after smoking weed? Apparently, it's a lot longer than pos- people possibly think. Uh, Wall Street Journal looks into it. People don't realize the hardest part of it is they can't pull you over, pull you, pull you a DUI or you know drunk or driving while high. They can't do a blood test on you, so it's hard to determine. But normally, you're driving slower. Your reaction is a lot slower. You just in the right hand lane. Probably if your blinker on or something like that, you're just crawling along. People think, oh. Smoke some pop. Maybe in two hours I can drive. Four hours. How long do they say it is before the person is like sober to drive? It kind of depends on what you've inhaled or taken. So, for yeah. instance, uh, the liver metabolizes a bottle of beer or a glass of wine about every two hours. Okay. But if you are uh, smoking a joint, it's say they say four hours after smoking one joint is the appropriate amount of time to wait. Some say even longer, but it's six Mm. to eight hours if you take an edible. And part of this is that it uh, reduces your ability to maintain what they call divided attention, meaning Mm -hmm. doing a number of things at once, which sometimes you have to do in a car. Uh, The the vehicular deaths have risen to about 21.5%. Over the last, you know, five or six years when it's become available readily and legal in many states. So they're saying if you have, you know, partaken in this, wait a long time before you get behind the wheel of the car. But like you pointed out, John, it is really hard to sort of prove it. I mean, it's not necessarily very reliable. And some of these tests can take a long time to get results. Most of the time, if you see people that are at the light and they haven't moved and the light has changed and then they're driving like five miles an hour, it's like, that guy is stoned to the bone, Sherry. Can you say that? Stoned to the bone? Stoned to the bone. <laughs> yeah, like passing him. I, of the two, I'd rather have, if they're both bad choices, but you'd rather have somebody into the bone, then drunk. The drunk guys flying down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic and stuff. The high guys just crawl, crawl along, hoping not to spill that bong water in the wa- in the in the car. And um, both bad. Don't do it. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad, Sherry. Okay, bad, Sherry. <laughs> All right, I'll try not to be stoned <laughs> to the bone tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Joe, why do people talk like that? I don't you? know. <laughs> I think they just like fried their brains. Temporarily. 